0: episode of Full Court Press, episode 75, titled, Of Craniums and Crowns. Um, We have one listener who who might get that vague reference of a Dustin Kinsrew song, uh, who is the lead singer of Thrice, uh, super awesome, talented dude. Go check out his music, uh, listeners, if you like good music. Um, But anyway, uh, we are brought to you by GeekBiots Nation, and tonight I am joined by Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Not much, Nick. Uh, Kind of getting
1: into, like, a quiet summer, but, you know, a little bit of basketball news dropped. I mean, we finally got some sort of uh, some big games released tomorrow. They finally released the whole schedule, so excited about that. You know, really want to see the big games, but, I mean, big games to throw it off. I mean, they gave us the whole opening week, which, uh, I mean, I love that my Celtics are opening it up again, but I just hope it doesn't, you know, start with a big, uh, surprise like last time, <laughs> but they open up with the Sixers. So, uh, I like that, you know, that's a big, uh, matchup and then it's followed by, uh, OKC and Golden State. So those are your two opening games right there. So I like those, both of those matchups really good. Um, I don't think that was my second place and first place in each division. I know in the West, that's who I chose Golden State and OKC. Okay, so that's, I like how they have technically in the one and two. And then, uh, you know, Sixers and uh, Celtics are going to sell that rivalry as much as they can. I mean, I like it a lot. Yeah. So that's a good opening night right there.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the the Sixers and Celtics rivalry is back. Like it's pretty fucking awesome. Um, but uh but yeah, like I'm really excited for both of those games too. I I didn't have I didn't have O K C or the Sixers as the number two seed, but I do think both of those teams are the second best teams in their respective conferences. Um I think I I mean I just I don't I don't really like the moves that you know, Houston has made, um, and, you know, really like the moves. Okay. C has made and Philly's just kind of the clear, um, kind of up and coming team along with Boston. Uh, you know, the Raptors are obviously a wild card, um, could, you know, could potentially be the second best team in the East, but I, I still think right now the safe bet is Philly. Um, I just don't necessarily think they'll win as many games as the Raptors, but I do think they're the second best team and the rivalry is awesome, man. Like, Love seeing that. Of course, the rivalry with Golden State and OKC is just, like, I still get probably more amped for that those games than any other regular season game, um, ma- namely because the Hawks suck. Um, so I don't really get too excited for any of my team's games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook versus KD, like, it's it's still, like, there was one game last season – where it didn't look like Russell was really as engaged as he had been the previous like six games that they had played, um, but like yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. I think um, I think OKC is going to come out swinging, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take OKC in that one, and I I feel like Boston's probably going to win that the other one. Like it, it just seems like it would make sense. Um, I hate to you know, I obviously love the Sixers. I, I hate to sleep on them and on opening day. Um but, you know, you got Kyrie back, you got Hayward back, you got all of those guys. You got Tatum like it's gonna be a, a a pretty uh in, intense game. I think Boston I think it'll be pretty close, but I think Boston uh will will kinda of take it take it down the stretch and probably win by about ten points. Um like, I think it'll be close up until the final, like, three or four minutes, and then Boston will just pull it out. Um, OKC, I think OKC is going to kick the shit out of Golden State. Because, um, I mean, that's what happened last season um, when they the first game they squared off, OKC just beat the crap out of them. And it was so awesome because, obviously, they lost all four matchups um, the first year Durant left. Um, so that's that's what I'm picking. Who you got? I uh, know. I
1: mean, I definitely got the, I mean, my team, the Celtics, but uh, okay, right. no, I mean, I have OKC, but I, I don't have them like kicking the shit out of Golden State, but I definitely think like OKC has more to prove. Golden State's going to be all excited, getting their rings, you know, doing that ceremony heads kind of not really in it. When Russell Westbrook's probably like told everyone like we're coming up and we're going to swing and we're not going to stop. And so, you know, like, so, but I I think it'll be a close game, but you know, I got, I got both of those as well. But, uh, the next day really surprises me. I, I like the games as well. So it's uh Pelicans at Houston, but the second game is the one that intrigues me. I'm gonna have to stay up to watch it. It's Dallas versus Phoenix. And why that was mm. like really intriguing, just because you get to see Luka Doncic versus Ayton. So technically, mm-hmm. you know, on a lot of people's big boards, one and two. I mean, technically one uh he got picked one, Doncic got picked number three. So I'm kinda excited, you know, they put in Two low-end teams, but it's really like teams that you kind of want to keep your eye on because you just don't know that much about them, and you kind of want to see what they're like, what they going to do this year. I mean, they're both not going to want to tank. I mean, Dallas is definitely trying to compete now by doing that trade-in. Phoenix, you know, going their route. Uh, they got some big pickups. So, I like that game. And then the first game, too, it'll be a fun one. Um, Anthony Davis going against uh, Houston. uh so, we'll get to see how that that stacks up. I feel like, in the end, Houston will probably edge out that one, especially it's in yeah. Houston, too. So, I, I don't see, you know, the shooting uh, and just keeping up with Houston's shooting capabilities. I don't think New Orleans is about to do that. They'll be able to bang down low, but, you know, but not keeping up with three-point shooting that Houston. But uh, that other game, uh, I really don't know, just because it's – I mean, it's the second game of the season, so – It's like their—I mean—it's their first game, so I don't know who to go with that. Like that young one right now. I mean, it's just such a—it's such a matchup that I really do want to watch, just because it's—it's young teams, but they're still trying to like take a, a a step higher than where they've been at the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say I agree with you. I think Houston will pull that one out. I think um the pelicans are gonna probably go through a few um growing pains um with this kind of roster turnover um it's not like huge turnover but you know swapping on randall for for cousins and and peyton for for rondo those are those are going to be moves they're gonna have to grow with those guys and and you know kind of figure out everything um so I definitely think that uh Houston makes more sense as far as, you know, who I would pick for that one. Um, for the other game, I agree with you. That's kind of the more intriguing game for me, which is crazy to think because, like, these games, um, like, w- th- that would have been probably close to one of the worst matchups that you could have possibly watched last season. Um, but with these two guys, man, like like you said, one and two, um, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm going to take Dallas uh mainly because I think uh it, it, Aiden's going to probably have a little bit of a hard time against a guy like DeAndre Jordan. Like um you're going like yeah, Aiden's Aiden's got a man body, but like he ain't got anything on DeAndre Jordan. So like yeah, I'm a, I'm going to side with Jordan uh that DeAndre over Aiden. Um and I think Luca's going to come in have a have a very solid um, uh, performance. I think he'll be excited for you know his first NBA game. Dennis Smith, a uh, very solid player. Um, I expect Booker to have a have a really good game, but I, I do think Aiton will struggle. Um, and it'll be interesting to see just how Phoenix is going to run their lineups with all of these wing players that they have now. Um, I mean, I I think that's probably honestly what I'm like most intrigued about. You know, we've speculated uh, Luke Kevin Ariza start at the four, um, which you know, I mean, he he's like six foot seven, like it's a little small for a four, but like he, you know, can certainly can certainly pull it off. And you know, if you're having to, you know, guard Dirk Nowitzki. I mean he's he's obviously a lot bigger but he's not you know he's not nearly the threat that he used to be. So yeah, I mean I, I think that'll be interesting and I think actually playing Ariza on a guy like Nowitzki could be an interesting um matchup problem. Um so that you know that could that could certainly help him out. Um but yeah, I, ultimately though I think Dallas gets it done. Uh I also think Barnes will probably have a pretty big game. Um I wonder if they'll put Ariza on him. That would probably make the most sense as far as, like, defensively. But, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I think it'll be a really interesting matchup. All right, what's next? So, uh, next is uh,
1: Chicago at uh, 76ers. So, you know, a little low-end team. I feel like, you know, the 76ers definitely should take care of business. Good game to watch To B just really rack up some points. He should be able to just dominate, So. All those fantasy people out there, you know, that could be a big game to get you excited right out the gate with Embiid. I feel like, you know, they'll just, they should just dominate. And then it, the the other, the late-night one is the big game. So it's Lakers at Portland. So it's the first time Ooh. we're going to be able to see LeBron James. Um, and, and I feel like it's a good matchup for the Lakers. You know, they're not just thrown straight into the fire pit of the Western Conference. Right. I don't see them in the, you know, there's the – Upper echelon right now of the top three, which is Houston, OKC, and and uh, Golden State. But then there's that second tier where I feel like the Lakers fall into it. And, you know, the Blazers were one of those teams last year that were in that middle tier. And I feel like it's a good matchup, you know, to see, kind of judging where the Lakers will be. Because, I mean, on my board, I had them six. So, so, you know, I feel like they'll be in that pack range. So I feel like it's a good one for LeBron to start off his career with L.A., um, I feel like they'll sneak that one out just because it's LeBron and he's not going to lose his <laughs> first game in, in a Lakers uniform. So, you know, I'll, I'll go with the Lakers and the Sixers just because, I mean, if the Sixers lose to Chicago. Chicago's a good up-and-coming young team, but they're nowhere what the 76ers are. So that not one shouldn't important. be close. And I feel like the the second one will be close just because it's in Portland and CJ McCollin and – uh Damian Lillard aren't going to let it just run away from him, but in the end, no one's going to be able to guard LeBron, so he's just going to be the deciding factor. What he's usually always been in the Portland series, so uh, yeah, I just I do like that game though, and I do I'm I'm happy they're not going against straight up like Houston first off or or something like that, and just getting like kind of like beat, and then everyone just dogging like was this a good choice for LeBron to go to L. A. Because
0: in the end, I mean, it's a good choice for. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, also definitely taken Philly in that one. Um, but I'm going to go Portland. Um, I, I Again, like, new teams, new roles, growing pains, all that. Like, I think it will be a good game, but I think Portland will end up pulling that one out. I do think that one will be really close, like, down to the wire. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like Portland in that one for some reason. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, Damon C.J., the, the majority of their team is is very intact from last year. They already have a chemistry. Very, very, very solid regular season team. I expect them to pull that one out. I, I'd say they win by, like, three to five points is, is what I'll set the marker at. All right, what's next? So next is
1: uh, Celtics just open up this season just with a pretty big schedule. So the next one, the Celtics. Or at Toronto, so that's just another big game. I mean, they go from playing the Sixers to Toronto. That's all within their division too. So I mean, this division's already stacked. So you're already going to get the the step up on one of your teams in your conference and all that. So um, just a big game right out there for for both teams. I, I like that both of that the matchup a lot. Um, and then the late game is Golden State versus Utah, which is another going to be a fun Ooh. one. Um, just because I feel like it's two teams that right now in the Western conference, I mean, there's a lot of good teams and all that. And a lot of teams that made like shifts and done a little bit of changes, but both of their systems are like the ones that have been clicking the most. I mean, they didn't have to make any adjustments. Utah was really clicking at the end of the year last year. So I feel like that will be a good matchup. And it's in Utah, which is always a hard crowd to play in. I mean, those fans are just very passionate, so I think they'll definitely try to heckle. I, I mean, I don't think if we have Golden State losing the first game, I don't think they're going to come out going 0-2 in the season. But I do see Jazz making this very interesting and putting it down the wire. But in the other game, I'm going to go with myself. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not being a homer. I know it's in Toronto, but their first game of the season is going to be our second game of the season. We just played the Sixers. I mean, you're still a new team. Your biggest member is just, you know, you just made a trade for Kawhi Leonard, so he's not really known to system. You have a new coach when you're going against a team that should be healthy, if barring any injuries in the first game.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will definitely go with the Celtics as well. Um, I mean, you know that I said going into the season, I think the Celtics will have the best record in all of the NBA, not just the East. And I think these are games that they will just find ways to win. That's what Brad Stevens does. That's what Kyrie Irving does. And now they get Hayward back with guys that have taken such huge steps forward that you know probably would not have been possible you know had Hayward not gotten injured. So as long as he can make a, a full recovery, I honestly think this is kind of a blessing in disguise. Like I, I think it may take him the better part of this year to make that full recovery. It might not be until next year that he really kinda of comes back as the player he was, similar to how Paul George, you know, his recovery went. Um but I definitely I definitely feel like Boston has this one. Uh and then as far as the other one, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go Utah. I just there's there's a part of me that just feels like the the Warriors are just gonna kinda of phone it in for the majority of the season until Boogie uh gets healthy and, and then he comes back and then you'll see kind of this um mid season or, or to late season like reinvigoration with the team, uh with him, like let's win let's 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 win for Boogie kinda of, kinda of deal. And I, I, I could certainly see that happening, that I could see them, you know, coming out the gate and and going down 0-2 to start the season. And, of course, nobody will panic because they're still the Warriors. And it it's just, you know, they might, some talking heads in the media might, you know, have a few uh, panicky headlines, but nobody nobody will really panic. Like We're all going to be like, yeah, yeah, they lost two games. No big deal. And they are so dominant in the playoffs. So, yeah. But I, I will take Utah on that one. Alright, what's next?
1: So, uh, up next, we got Toronto at Washington. So, another big Eastern Conference mm. matchup. I mean, from the top, John Wall's kind of, you know, mad that his team's underrated right now. I mean, they yeah
0: they ran into a lot of
1: injuries last year, but he wait, feels wait, wait. like you know they John, got
0: John Wall's not mad that the Wizards are underrated. John Wall's mad that he's underrated. <laughs> Let's be real now. <laughs> yeah, very, very
1: very true. I mean, but no, I mean, I I do think the Wizards are going to surprise a lot of team uh, people this year. I mean, they're going to definitely. I don't feel like Howard's going to be that big of a locker room you know, disturbance. I mean, not uh, like he's stepping into a perfect locker room. I mean, they're already fighting with each other last year. So, and they already got Austin Rivers. So, I mean, what is to Austin Rivers right now? But I think it might work out for all of them in the end. I mean, uh, so that, that's a nice, like, you know, little Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, Toronto going back-to-back. So, uh, I'll give the edge to Washington just because it's in Washington. And then the late-night game is a is the big one. So, now we're getting... It's Houston in L.A., so it's the first game in nice. L.A., big, big game. You know, everyone's going to come out to that. The thing's probably already sold out. I mean, everyone's going to want to see LeBron in L.A. They're going to go up against, you know, Houston, um, half of the other Banana Boat crew, uh, mm-hmm. and LeBron's friends. Um, but I just feel like right now the Lakers – don't have. I think they'll be able to, you know, like kind of defensively, kind of stick with them and, and all that. But they just don't have the firepower. And I feel like this one could get kind of uh, out of hand in the late game. Just Houston just racking up some late game crazy threes. I'm gonna give the edge to Houston in that one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Washington just because uh, Toronto going back to back nights, you know, having to travel and Washington's just wanting to come out swinging like instantly, like. I feel like they have a grudge. I mean, Bradley Beal and John Wall are two really good, solid players. I mean, definitely they are yeah. all-stars, so yeah, you know, that, that's going to be a fun one to watch.
0: Yeah, that'll definitely be fun. I mean, the Wizards, just in general, should be a lot of fun to follow this season. Like, all of those personalities in the locker room is just, like, people, you know, people keep talking about L.A. and, you know, having LeBron and Rondo and Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee and, you know, Michael Beasley. But, like, they're, like, my my locker room to follow this season is definitely going to be Washington. Like, John Wall is, like, crazy outspoken and, and, like, definitely seems like a guy that everyone respects but also hates. Kind of like Chris Paul. Like, I feel like he's got that same kind of moniker around him as that guy. I think John Wall has it, too. And Bradley Beal, I think, is honestly probably the, if not already, becoming the best player on that team. So you have, like, this power shift that's going on with the two of those guys. And then you throw in Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers and, um, you know. like, And then not to mention, like, you throw in, like, a Jeff Green, who seems kind of more like a – Everybody gets along with Jeff Green. No one's, like, no one dislikes Jeff Green, you know. He he seems like a good locker room guy. So it'll be funny to see, like, I can imagine being a guy like Jeff Green um, in that locker room and being, like, trying to play, like, you know, the, the guy to, like, mend the relationships or whatever. Or just, like, maybe not even that, but maybe just the guy who talks to everybody and he's, like, you know, basically just, like, like he'll talk to Dwight who's pissed off at like John Wall or whatever and he's like,
1: Yeah, man, I feel you
0: and then he'll go to John Wall who's, you know, pissed off at Beal and he's like, Yeah, man, I feel you you know, like um I think I think that'll be really interesting. Uh but as far as the game is concerned, I'm going to take Toronto. I I don't know, I got a I got a sneaking suspicion. If they if they lose their first game, they're gonna come out like ready to ready to rock on their on their second game and I think I think the the Wizards could, you know could end up getting like really tattooed in this game. I'm gonna say um Raptors by fifteen ish. Uh I'm thinking it's it's gonna be like that kind of game. Um as far as the Lakers in Houston, I'm gonna go with LeBron. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Lakers win that when they like they stumble out the gate but then, you know, you get Houston, you're at home, the crowds, you know, just banging and, and you know, I think you you get some really good play from Rondo in that game. And, of course, LeBron's LeBron. I think Kuzma has a really good game. Maybe Josh Hart gets, like, 25 minutes or so and, and plays really well. Um, still, it's just the biggest thing for me is, like, um, in that matchup is going to be Ken javel McGee. Fucking JaVale McGee. Um, really – like keep up with Clint Capella. Like that's gonna be the big thing to me that would that I would tend to favor heavily the Rockets on. But I think through sure force of will from LeBron and a couple, you know, key plays by other guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Lakers. Kind of just squeaked that one out, if you will. Uh, all right, what we got next?
1: Alright, so the final game of the release of opening week um, there could be an, an another game, but they only just released one. And it's uh, Houston doesn't have to go anywhere. They're staying in L.A. and they're playing the Clippers. But I kind of wow. like the Clippers on this one just because I kind of want to see what the Clippers are like this year. They're a very interesting team with a lot of, like, returning people. I mean, I expect their lines to be Beverly, Bradley, Gellinari, uh, Tobias Harris, and Marcin Gartadin. I mean, that's... I mean, it's not that bad of a lineup. I mean, there's no Houston lineup, but, I mean, I, I kind of like it. I mean, they're not playing a back-to-back night like what Houston will be doing. And um, I just feel like all those players want to have to prove something. Uh, if you watch the, the African game, uh, Gallinari was the MVP, not saying that much, but, I mean, he's the MVP of the world team. So, I mean, he's definitely looking like he's kind of healthy. I mean, Harris is on a contract year. Bradley just got that, you know, that one and one Patrick Beverly, I think, is on a contract year. So, I kind of want to see what the Clippers are like. And I think the Clippers might, you know, come out. And then they have all those young pieces, too. So, I just give the edge just because Houston's going to be coming off a back-to-back night and all that. And they could just be a little bit tired. And this, this team that was kind of, like, injured last year, so we never really got to see the Clippers as a complete team. Well, I mean, they had DeAndre the Jordan. So, I mean, that's the big difference with Marcy Cortot. So, I, I don't give them the center edge, but I just, you know, I just think it's going to be interesting. It'll be a good matchup defensively just because Beverly will walk, like, I mean, first team defense. I mean, and Avery Bally is a great defender. So, you're definitely going to cover their, you know, their best two players. So, we'll see. Someone will have to step up big for Houston, but I'm going to give the edge to the Clippers on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I'm going to take Houston, but I – I am really intrigued to see the Clippers this season and I'm particularly intrigued to see how Jerome Robinson like pans out cuz that was probably the most shocking pick in the first round. Um like there was a couple guys who, you know, got picked a little later in the first round who, you know, only up until the last like week or two before the NBA draft, like really their stock really rose. Um, Kevin Herter is one of them. He was kind of projected as like a mid second rounder for a while and then showed out at the combine and then just shot up the boards. And even 19 was kind of high. Like, people were really thinking he was going to go to the Lakers at 25. So um, that one, but like Jerome Robinson had to be the, the most shocking pick, especially with Michael Carter Williams still on the board. Like that was crazy. So uh, you mean Michael like, Porter you know, Jr.? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely mean Michael Porter Jr. Thank you. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like that that one was just really crazy. So I, it like very 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 tough to doubt Jerry West. So I will give him that. But that just seemed like a really sus suspect, suspect pick, especially given your depth at the position and the fact that you just took Sheikh gilgis who can play both guard positions so i'm going to be interested to see what kind of minutes he gets just not necessarily in the opening game but just throughout the season with all of that depth that they have at you know at, at the guard positions i'm still really surprised that you know they didn't go with um I mean, I guess I can see why they didn't go with a big because there was just so many questions uh, su- surrounding uh, Robert Williams. But nevertheless, like I, I would have definitely gone with MPJ there. So yeah, I think that'll be really interesting. But as far as the game, I'm I am gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Houston in that one. I got them losing the Lakers. I think they'll bounce back and and get a victory against the... Cl- um, okay, uh, what are we going to cover next, MLK or Christmas Day?
1: Uh, we're going to keep it in uh, chronological order. We're going to go Christmas Day, which uh, I mean, as of lately, it was always one of my favorite days, but I mean, ever since I started really just, you know, loving basketball, it really became one of my favorite days. I mean, always enjoys the Christmas Day uh, matchup, so opening up, starting off the day, I mean, it's a tradition for the, Kn- the Knicks to always play on Christmas, I feel like, even if they are not one of the better teams, but they're uh, play, uh, they're hosting Milwaukee Bucks. So, uh, you know, I like it. I, I'm glad we get to see Giannis. Uh, Giannis, I mean, as much as, you know, he can play, he can get primetime TV, I want to watch him. I mean, he's he's just one of those people that you just want to see every game he's, he's part of. And then it follows up with uh, OKC in Houston, which is going to be a fun one. I feel like that will be like a nice little – it's just to say, matchup just midday at three o'clock, you know, just a little, just shootout, really, just dogfight between the two. Neither of them I feel like like each other. That that would be like a little. I feel like another rivalry that uh, Westbrook will somehow make with them, and then followed up. I mean, another just great game. I mean, again, it's Sixers, Celtics. I mean, they're just selling that matchup as much as they can. I mean, yeah. if you ask me, that I wouldn't want any other matchup. On Christmas Day, so they're just gonna sell that as much. I mean, another fun one would be
0: really. Uh, wait, wait, you, Sixers, you wouldn't uh, you Celtics,
1: would Lakers, wait. Hold on,
0: hold on, but, hold on. Y- yes, you wouldn't prefer Celtics Lakers far. on
1: Christmas Day? It's too far. It's too far for each team. You want to keep you want to keep teams close. You don't want them traveling that much. You know, you want you're making them play at Christmas. You still want them to be near their family. That's the only reason I say I can't see the Fair Celtics enough. Lakers playing on Christmas Day. So that's that, that's why I have to keep it that way. And then um, it follows up with, uh, I mean, keeping it within state, Lakers, goal is Golden State, I mean, that's going to be a fun one right there. LeBron's finally going to – I guess it's like a finals matchup, but it's not. It's just LeBron versus the team that he's been playing in the finals the past couple right. of years. And then the, the late game is, is a nice little – is a is a good matchup with uh, Portland at Utah. So that that will be a fun one. Um just between two middle-tier teams again in the West, really trying to show if they can make that next jump. I mean, ESPN's odds has Utah doing really well this season, so they have them on one of the better teams. But in the end, it's great Christmas Day matchups. I mean, I'm gonna go with my picks real quick. I'm gonna go with the Bucks, uh, Houston, Celtics, Golden State. Jazz. I'm, I, I'm the only home team I, I'm gonna have losing. Actually, is the Knicks. Just because I mean the Knicks are still very young. They don't have Kristoff. If it was Kristoffer's gone, it's like, man, what a matchup that would be. That would be a fun one. That'd be That'd a really be good one.
0: Yeah, but uh, I seriously don't expect KP to be back by then. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll definitely go Milwaukee there. Um, I'm gonna go OKC uh, over Houston. Uh, and I'm going to take Philly over Boston. I got Boston beating them in Game One, but I, I I think I I I think that'll be a really fun matchup throughout the season. They're going to play four times at least. I think um, I think four exactly. Um, but like that's going to be a lot of fun, and I I think they'll go kind of tit for tat with those games. I, I expect those that series to at the very least be three one, but I I think it'll. Be very even, like two-two. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Philly on that one. Uh, Golden State, uh, I I feel like we'll probably get the better of of the the young Lakers. I think LeBron will certainly have a show out, and have a terrific game, uh, and maybe like I I really think like, it's gonna be really interesting to see what the Lakers do between Lonzo and Rondo because like on those big games you're going to want rondo playing the majority of those minutes like in the come playoff time you're going to want rondo playing those minutes but you don't want like you want lonzo to be able to develop so that's going to be a tough situation uh for um luke walton to to kind of balance i think luke's I know a lot of people have kind of been speculating because of LeBron's history with coaches and everything that Luke's, you know, may be on the hot seat or whatever, It's just just way too premature to even like be discussing that. But I think Luke Walton's got the right personality to, to click with LeBron. Um, I think he reads people well. I think, um, I, I, I think he is the right guy to, to have steering the ship, if you will. And, yeah, and you know, I, people—I won't say people forget, but people always fail to bring up when they discuss Luke Walton. Luke Walton on the seventy-three and nine year had a better winning percentage as head coach than Steve Kerr did. So, like, I was always of of the mindset, like, dude, fucking Luke Walton deserved that Coach of the Year award, not Steve Kerr. Like, they were better under Luke Walton, um, but nevertheless. Uh and that's not a that's no shade of Steve Curry. Like I love Steve Curry. He's the the fact that he is as blunt as he is in his uh interviews is so refreshing and it's awesome. Um to have a guy like that, you know. So I I, I do really like her. Uh but no, I am gonna take the, the Warriors in that one. I think I, I, I think they'll I think they'll get off to play LeBron. Like they're like, Oh, like you fucking wanna come out west, bro? Like like come get some. Uh I, I definitely expect that that'll be a uh, pretty uh a convincing win uh for for the Warriors in that one. Uh and then finally I'm gonna take Utah. I think I I just really like Utah. Their defense is just going to, as long as Gobert can stay healthy, it's gonna be really, really good. Uh and You know, like, I really like the way Rubio and and Donovan Mitchell, like, play together. Like, the way that they've been able to effectively make Rubio a really decent off-ball player so that Mitchell can get more on-ball touches is remarkable. Like, Ricky Rubio is not a good three-point shooter when he's dribbling the ball, but he can catch and shoot. And that's something that Minnesota just never tapped into and like Utah was like, you know, why don't we try this? Like why don't we try having you play out ball and see, you know, how you fare with like catch and shoot? And I feel like that's probably like an analytics thing. Like some some analytics guy in Utah was like, Look, when you actually like catch and shoot threes, you shoot like I don't know, like thirty eight point seven percent. Like that's not that. You know, why don't why don't we you know, see if we can get that percentage up and like you know, you can play a little more off ball and like we can make you into an effective three point shooter, you know? And I, you know, the, the, the die isn't cast on that yet, but he, he was effective uh, in the playoffs last season, like very, very effective. I don't remember what his percentage was, but he was like against, okay, see, he was draining threes and that's like something crazy because Ruby has never been a three point shooter. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm gonna take Utah on that. Before we move on to the MLK games, though, I gotta say, um, I just gotta get this off my chest. Uh, I get what you're saying about travel and everything, but I'm selfish, and I don't give a fuck about travel. Um, I do you know, like they got first class travel. They're, these are all rich people for the most part, except for the the you know younger you know players or whatever, and they probably don't have uh, wives and kids and whatnot anyway. So, like, give me Boston versus L.A. as my, like, premier matchup. Give me OKC versus Golden State. Um, give me Philly versus Utah so we can see Donovan square off against Simmons. Like, that's that would be a really intriguing matchup uh, for me personally. And then the biggest one, the biggest omission, how the fuck are we not getting Toronto versus San Antonio? Like, that to me, is, like, mind-boggling. Like, dude, give me Toronto. Like, put it in San Antonio. Uh, Kawhi comes back. Uh, you got that whole dynamic, dude. He's going to get so booed when he goes back to San Antonio. It's going to be great. Uh, and then, obviously, like, DeRozan's going to want to show out, uh, you know, going up against the team that lied to him and traded him and all that. God, that whenever that game does happen – uh, that one is going to be really fun to watch, and and, and certainly needs to be like Friday night prime time um, because it's it's that's going to be a really fun game. Um, and then you know just have the Knicks play whoever. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like um, in fact, uh, I would say have um, ah it doesn't matter. Actually, no, nah, I was going to say um, have them play uh, Denver. So. They could play against uh m p j but he's not he's not gonna be back by by christmas um probably not for the rest of the season honestly um but that would be my like dream lineup of of games but i I do like most of them regardless of you know what my preference would be. I just still like Toronto versus San Antonio would be such an amazing game to have um for Christmas day but I do understand what you're saying. Like, for the most part, all of those um, games are pretty close, short of maybe – like, Milwaukee's not really close to um, to New York, um, and uh, Portland is a pretty damn far away from, from Salt Lake City. But they're not – namely, the one we mentioned earlier, they're not nearly as far away as Boston and L.A. So, um So I could see that, and you know, Toronto and San Antonio are pretty damn far away too. So, but that would have been an awesome matchup. Uh, What do you think about any of that, but but particularly like Toronto versus San Antonio?
1: I mean, I love all those matchups, but I mean, you just want to. It's just not just the players that are involved. It's just like everyone that has to travel with the uh, the the staff and everyone. It's a lot to go, and it's Christmas Day, so. I mean, you picked some of the great matchups. I mean, those are the big games you want to really zone in this year. Also, too, I mean, I know my one buddy's really excited. He really wants to see. I don't know. Did you have Lakers playing OKC? No, but that will be fun. I, I had OKC playing Golden State because I, I know. Okay, because I know he's really excited for whatever. Uh, Paul George goes there. He thinks all the Lakers fans are going to boo the crap out of him. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> well, so that, you that, know what? Be
0: another little fun little matchup. I don't. I don't remember if I brought this up on one of our previous podcasts or not. But Bill Simmons has a really interesting conspiracy theory about that. Um, essentially, I've heard, it, I've heard it. You've heard it. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that, of course you have. You're like, you, of course you would listen to Bill Simmons' podcast. Um, but uh i mean i mean you're you're talking about diehard Celtics fan who has an amazing podcast, like why wouldn't Luke listen to that um, but no like that's a that's a crazy like that's a crazy legit conspiracy for our viewers who who haven't heard it essentially um you know uh, Bill Simmons has said that he thinks it's possible that uh essentially you know the OKC went to Adam Silver and were like, dude, this is obvious tampering and this is, you know, fucking bullshit. And so Adam Silver was like, don't worry, I'll handle it. And was like, you're gonna go to to Magic. And he's like, look, you're gonna get LeBron, but you can't have Paul George. Um, There's obvious tampering. Like, I don't want to come down on you for tampering. So just, you're gonna have to get LeBron this year and then either make a trade or, or, you know, try to get your next big free agent next year. Um which it it's not as far fetched as many, many other NBA conspiracy theories. I actually like that one a lot. I think there may be some veiled veiled truth to that. Uh especially since, you know, the Lakers didn't even have a meeting with him. Like that's the thing that's really crazy. Um like they didn't like there there was n- never any meeting. So um but yeah I, I do I do think that'll be an interesting matchup uh to see when Paul George goes to LA um it, you know how the fans react um to him being there and you know what all that entails because most Lakers fans that I know um which is not a a like that I actually know really well, but I have a couple of my friends who are really big Lakers fans. They wanted Paul George way more than they wanted LeBron. Not because LeBron is, I mean, not because Paul George is you know a better player than LeBron, but you know, the fucking Kobe fans, man, they don't like LeBron James. They don't want. To, they don't want to root for LeBron James, but now they like feel like they have to because he's on their team, and Paul George is just a lot younger, so a bit better with. The, their, their group of younger players. So, um, so yeah, that, that'll certainly be really, really interesting. Um, anything else to add? Or if not, we can move on to MLK. I
1: don't know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's nothing else to add to that one. Uh, so MLK is going to be a fun one. Uh, TNT is hosting it, and uh, it's going to be three games on TNT. Um, Grizzlies are going to host their um, 16th annual Martin Luther King celebration game. Uh, they'll be playing the Pelicans. Uh, it'll be a fun little one. I mean, it's a, a Grizzlies team. Again, another team that's not trying to tank, you know. They're looking to come back very healthy with Conley and Gasol. Um, and, you know, they got Triple J. It's 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 going to be an interesting team. But, uh, you know, the Pelicans are going to be, at that point in time, I feel like their new moves are going to be settled in and in everything. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the Pelicans will definitely be able to take care of business even if they're they're playing um away and then the next game is uh the rockets will uh play the 76ers um so that will be Ooh. a fun one that's a little west west east coast matchup a big little you know mm-hmm. west coast east coast teams you know two teams that hypothetically could make the finals you know see each other later on so that'd be a very fun one um i don't know who i put the edge to in this one right now um Maybe come back to this one, and then the next one is um, it's, it's another one of those matchups that they're just selling a lot of, just like the Sixers Celtics. And it's uh, Warriors um, against Los Angeles Lakers, so uh, another matchup between uh, Warriors and the Lakers. Uh, I think this one's in LA, so I might go with the edge with the Lakers this time. They uh, they actually played Golden State really well last year without LeBron, so. I think they'll be able to take it, especially if it's at home. And then for the other game, I'm I'm going to go with uh, the 76ers, you know. I've been going against them uh, the other two games, and I do think they'll be a very good team this year. All depends on health and um, Mark Fultz, what he has in store for us, uh, you know. Um, but I do feel like in the end that that would be a good game. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers won, uh You know, there's just a lot of young guys. Um, you know, college, you know, was – not in their past, so, you know, they did the quick one-and-done, but I feel like a lot of them are just ready to just go, you know, even though they left college earlier and all that, and they're still pretty young, I feel like they're going to be able to compete with LeBron by that time. Everything's going to be competing. You're not going to really see young immaturity. I'm not going to give them what we had last year with the Celtics, you know, as uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, but I really do feel like the young guys, too, uh, all of them hard. They're just going to be really playing really well with uh, some of these big high Q players that are going to be playing on the Lakers. Now the center position is a weird one, but hey, guess who they're going against? A team that doesn't have a center right now. So I'm going Very to go with that edge. Uh,
0: actually, I think I agree with you on all of those. I think the Pelicans uh, certainly will just that the Memphis. You know they're, they're going to try and play well this season, but they just don't have the pieces, man. Like yeah, Conley's really good. Gasol's really good. Yes, they got Jerry Jackson. But, like, your starting shooting guard right now is Garrett Temple. Like, I like Garrett Temple. He's a good player. It was a great trade for them, um, you know, as far as picking him up. Uh, and, and you know, they signed Kyle Anderson. Again, I really like Kyle Anderson. Great player. Uh, well, solid player. Um, and, you know, I like I like the moves that they made this season. It's just – they're still just a – a, a team in, in a, such a strong conference that is just not there. You know, if they were in the East, you know, you, you could potentially see them as being an eighth seed, but they're not. They're in the West, so they're there's not going to be that good. Um, I or at least I just don't think they're going to be that good. Um, whereas the Pelicans, will I've had time to you know get everything together, uh, and you know, I mean, as long as Anthony Davis. You know, knock on wood, um, isn't hurt, then yeah, I definitely think they'll be they'll be fine. Philly in Houston, MLK Day. Seems right about the time that uh Chris Paul will be out for five weeks due to some kind of injury, uh maybe his hand, maybe his hamstring. Who knows? There will be something though. Chris Paul will not play that game, um, and yes, they will lose, uh, to Philly because it's going to be James Harden versus all Philly and and, uh, if there's one guy that like in the league that like Capella can't stop it's Embiid uh, because that guy is just on another level so yeah I'm going to go with Philly on that one as well uh, with uh, my prediction that CP3 will not play that game Uh, and then yeah I I think give the Lakers a little more time to gel and everything Uh, yeah I'll I mean, I definitely think I, – I definitely don't think LeBron's going to get swept by the Warriors, like, next season, in the regular season. So, um, so yeah, that seems seems about the right time for the Lakers to have, like, kind of really started to gel maybe beyond, like, a nice 7-8 game winning streak and going in to play in the Warriors and, you know, all pumped and excited. it maybe – they're down to two in the series or whatever. And, you know, they follow LeBron, he leads them to victory in that one. So, yeah, I I agree there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun season. There's a a lot of cool games and, uh, very excited to see, uh, you know, the rest of the, the schedule, um, when they release it. Uh, but let's move on. We have, uh, Roughly six more topics to talk about. Uh, a lot of interesting things that happened uh, in the past week. Let's jump right into the NCAA. The NCAA has ruled that undrafted players can now return to collegiate play and quote-unquote elite talent, which we don't really have a exact definition of what that means yet, but elite talent can acquire agents so long as they're approved by the NCAA. Um, essentially, I, from what I've heard, the, uh, the I guess the, the USA Basketball press or whatever is going to essentially be determining who is quote unquote elite. Which that's kind of weird to me. It's like there is if. if like, a player wants to get an agent, if you're allowing certain players to get agents but not other players, like they just kind of fucked up. Um, it's a step in the right direction, um, but the more, like, when I first heard about the story, I was like, oh, this is really cool, like, the NCAA is finally, like, doing some cool shit. The more I read about it, and the more I listened to, uh, various commentary from Scott Van Pelt or Jay Billis, um, or um, uh, uh, John Calipari, like they started asking a lot of questions that I was like, yeah, those are good points. Like what if a guy declares for the draft and then goes into the draft and then doesn't get drafted wants to come back, but he, they don't like that team no longer has a scholarship. Can he transfer? Does he have to sit out? Um, does he have to be a walk on? Like, there's a lot of interesting questions in and not one little scenario alone. So it's it's gonna be crazy. And if if I heard this correctly, like these rules aren't gonna be put into place <clears throat> until like they're they're <clears throat> essentially that rely on the NBA lowering the age limit to 18 years old once again. So we're looking at this being 2021 or later. It's not going to like be immediate. So while I want to applaud the NCAA for, you know, making steps in the right direction, there's still a lot of questions here. A lot of, it it it, it seems more two-faced than anything um, in my opinion. And, I, again, the biggest thing to me, is it just goes back to this, I don't, I don't give a fuck if, if you say they can't have agents. Fine, if they can't have agents, they can't have agents. Um, I don't necessarily need them to get paid um, by the NCAA. Just let them make money off their likeness. If, if they're an elite talent, quote-unquote elite talent, then let them sell their autograph. Let them sell, you know... Um, Uh, whatever, you know, like, let them do commercials, things like that, like, that to me is the biggest thing that the NCAA needs to lighten up, prohibit um, players from making any amount of money off of their likeness and their representation uh, when you're making so much fucking money off of it, and that money doesn't hinder the money that you're making, so I, like, I don't understand why that is not why that's not something that you would go after as opposed to this. Um, but anyway, Luke, what are your thoughts on, you know, this, this recent development with the NCAA? I, don't
1: know, I mean, you you do prove a lot of points. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick them up. But, I mean, in the end, I mean, it is very – on. it's in the beginning ages. But, I mean, it's a big step for the NCAA. I mean, I've always thought the NCAA is one of the most corrupt, you know, businesses there are out there. You don't really know what they're doing. Their rules are kind of like – not really concrete, but I mean, right now it's. I mean, it's in its beginning stages. I mean, like you said, it's still three years away from even coming into play. So I mean, it's just it's right now it's it's in a good path. I mean, there's a lot of questions to be asked. You know, like the scholarship thing, but I think they're really relying by this time this rule comes into effect. NBA has made the rule that one and done. I mean, uh, high, uh, kids can come straight out of high school. So in the end. I think NCAA's playing that there won't be any more one-and-dones because why would you really be coming to play college basketball if you could come straight out of, you know, high school and all that? So I feel like the scholarships, they will be, yeah, I understand what the, the scholarship thing, I mean, where, where is it going to lie and all that and they give it to another player? But, I mean, unless you're the big top schools that are just recruiting crazy, I mean, you're still going to have that spot for that guy to come back. I mean, it's going to only affect the big schools. But, like I said, again, I mean, I feel like the NCAA is just hoping that, by the time all these rules come into play, NBA has made their rule change that kids can come try to high school, so that's already trimming a lot of the crop, which will make basketball a lot. College basketball, back to being a lot more fun, you know, you won't be having to recycle your teams. I mean, diehard Kentucky fan, I love everything that Calipari does, but it's just, you know, every year you have a whole new squad, and you got to learn a whole new set of people, so I thought that'll be a big one. It'll help, you know, college basketball, going back to its old, like, you know, fun ways. I mean, I still like college basketball a lot, but do we player things interesting um, just because, you know, you're relying on an outside source to really declare you elite? And what if you start to come into form, you know, later in the year? I mean, Seth Curry wasn't big in high school and all that, but, I mean, once he started playing at Davidson, is like, second in, you know, and all that year, you really start to uh, – I feel like they should make it almost like – if your likeness is sold to so much amount of money and the school's making money off of you – then you can get an agent because, I mean, there's going to be kids that just become elite out of nowhere in, in college, but I still don't feel like there'll be a lot. It'll just be one of those, like, interesting ones. Like, there'll be kids that have thought about going straight to high school and could have that option, you know, because those, those kids are elite, but then go to college and, you know, might play two years and want to think, you know, what's the best idea. So, it, like, like I'm saying, it's still very, very early, stages I mean there's a lot of things to do I mean everyone brought up some great points of like questioning the things and all that and like you said it's it's right now it's just very just you know at the beginning stage but I, I just like it in the end for what the NCAA is doing the agent thing is interesting they have to be certified by that uh, because you know we never really know who's on the NCAA committee so who's the ones choosing these agents Are they their people but sh- that's the only thing that really kind of cracked me up is like they have to be certified with them but I, I just like it in the end where we're heading with basketball. They're just all – basketball is just always making the right, like, smart decisions and and everything like that. So, I, I feel like they'll they'll figure this out by the time NBA figures their things out. They're going to work with the the players union and NBA and all that and NCAA. So, by the time this thing comes into play, 2021 on, it will be – it will make complete sense. And I, I don't – I don't think it'll it'll affect anything, and it'll just be a big positive to both the, the the game of basketball on the college level and at the pro level.
0: Yeah, I mean it 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 definitely has that potential. It's just where things go from here. So, um, but yeah, I mean ultimately, I I think I'm I'm optimistic at least that it will trend in the way that you're saying. Uh, I have two follow-up questions, though, before we move on. One, how do you think this maybe affects the NCAA's largest grossing sport, which is football? Um, Do you see, like, elite talent in football being able to get agents, or do you think the three-year – essentially, like, you can't join the NFL until you're 21, so it's like you have to be in college for three years – so oh, does that kind of negate the, the the need for an agent, or you know, is, is there like a, a stark difference in in that respect to you between those two sports and uh, their um, their professional uh, levels? Uh, we'll start with that one.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I do understand. That, like every college sport's really gonna like question, like, hey, why can't we do it? But I mean college football is just way different of a beast. And they're, they're, the pro level just isn't what it is like as uh, in the players' union and all that. And their rule of you have to be 21, too. There have to be a lot of changes now. I could maybe see college football going to a thing where, like, okay, if you're 21 and you thinking about going pro but you kind of want to say another, you can get an agent then because that's your final year and you're going on. Maybe that, they could do that later on. But I just don't think just with the – just NFL, is just a far step behind. This players' union and everything that they're dealing with is way behind. And NCAA college football is just, you know, they're just gonna keep it the way it's going. I mean, no one's really complaining. Basketball is just way different. Just because there's kids that are just can come straight out of high school. I mean, you look at LeBron, Kobe. I mean, there's kids that are ready to make millions. I mean, it's almost like baseball, but baseball is a different beast in the college world. It's not as big. I don't feel like as basketball. Um, so. But, yeah, I just – I don't feel like it affects football just because it's, it football's its own thing. There's a lot to do with just NCAA on that side of things and just to, at the pro level. And I just think basketball has it more together with their players' union, their rules. You won't have to change that much. And right now the way that the players' unions want to change their rules for one and done to end that because, you know, they don't like it and kids just coming out of high school making their decisions. So I feel like they're just – Right now, those two things are parallel and they're moving like upward trajectory while NCAA college football does not care anything about the NFL, if the NFL is successful or not, because college football is just one mega money machine and they're just always going to rock. They're always going to make money if there's no NFL, if there's a strike or anything. College football is always going to be college football.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially down here, down in the South, man, college football rules. Um, one other question as far as what I brought up earlier as far as players being able to um, capitalize on their likeness do you think with these kind of recent annou- announcements do you think that could come down the pipes and, and not only for basketball but also for football or any um, sort of major sport I mean I feel like that would be like a like a collegiate wide thing like if you had a Swimmer for the University of Georgia, like you know, who was, you know, an Olympic like a Michael the next Michael Phelps, like they could capitalize on that likeness. Um, Do do you see that coming down the pipes? Do like, and do you think this kind of moves the needle in that direction for that?
1: Oh no, I mean I hope so. I think. You should be able to sell your likeness whenever you want, no matter what age you are I mean if you're if you have people that want to buy you know you know they 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 think you're a big person that they want to buy something that you've signed or anything. you should be able to have the right to do that. that's your own personal thing you know that's your signature and all that so i i have never really understood that part of I hope it does end up going in that right way. I just feel like again NCAA – has so many wishy-washy rules just going across the board. I mean, just with their violations and having no clear rule, I just feel like the reason that they're making the big strides right now with the basketball is all that um, FBI fraud. I mean, that literally – NCAA just had an outside bureau come in and investigate it and really, like, come down hard on a lot of teams and all that and, like, showed some crazy – corruption things going into the life basketball, just because like I'm saying, it's just it's a different breed what basketball is. I mean, especially in the United States. I mean, you make a lot of money, very young, especially if you're very talented. Um, I mean, back in the nineties, I mean, I mean, I mean, or early two thousands when they really didn't have the good rookie scales and kids can just come out and making like pfft, crazy money without even knowing in their second or third year. because they could sign that and all that. So I'm just—it's just—it's always been there with basketball and all that. I just feel like I hope you know NCAA does go in this way where they do let people just sign, like just get away, like they don't violate you and they don't kick you out and all that, suspend you and all that. But I just feel like basketball right now is just at this weird thing where they're—they just need to make some changes just with all the FBI probe, uh, like probe and everything they went through last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on. All right. To a story about Marco Fultz. drew Hanlon, who is a legendary shooting coach who actually worked with Jason Tatum last year, said that he thinks he's been working with Folts. ah well, there you go um but uh this year he 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 worked this off season with Marco Fultz, and he thinks and he actually said um in an interview that Jason Tatum was his guy, but if there was anybody else that he wanted to work with, it would be Markel Fultz. And when he actually got the opportunity to do so this offseason, he said that he was even better than he thought he was just from watching tape and and et cetera. He thinks he will be a quote-unquote star in the NBA after working with him this offseason. That kind of praise coming from Drew Hanlon is – Pretty big. I mean, this guy has worked with a ton of people and very, very well-respected within the NBA. Um, I definitely think this is really good news for Philly, and it probably really speaks to why Martel Foltz was not on the table in any sort of Kawhi Leonard trade. They know something we don't know. They've seen stuff that we haven't seen. Because they've been very, very um, tight-lipped with his recovery, they did not want to play him in summer league, which you know I felt like was bullshit. But you know I, I get it. Um, so with this kind of being on the horizon, I, I have two questions. One, where do you where, like? Where do you think Fultz? Where do you think, like, his actual potential is if he is healthy? And two, what do you do with that lineup if Fultz is just – like, let's say Fultz is James Harden of the Sixers. And, you know, OKC kind of always had him coming off the bench, but, you know, with Simmons, like, Simmons is so versatile. You could play him as a point forward – and have him guard various positions. You could also play Markel Fultz as a shooting guard. Somebody's got to hit the bench, though. Who is the guy who hits the bench? Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, do you do you want to bench J.J. Redick? I mean, maybe, but he's a really good shooter. He's a really good guy to have around. Do you want to bench Covington? But, man, he's versatile defender, a uh, 3 and D guy, maybe Saric, But, again, like, really good three-point shooter. That's it's a good problem to have, but it is a problem, um for the Sixers and Brett Brown if Fultz uh, you know, becomes the kind of player that Drew Hanlon sees in him. So let's just start it off with what do you expect out of Fultz this season and where do you kind of see his ceiling and then uh you know, if you want to move on to the um if he does hit a, a really huge peak. How would you – what would you do to best construct a, a, the lineup with the players they have? I don't know. I mean, it's big
1: praise when Drew Hamlin's just, you know, saying that he's going to be a star. I mean, he works with some of the best people, like you said. I mean, and B, Gordon Hayward's worked with him, like you said. I mean, he's worked with Jason Tatum since he was 13. So, I mean, I, I obviously, I really like the guy I mean really made sure and paid him every year. I mean, so I, it's good praise. I mean, if you watch, there's a good video on the Internet of like a day through handling. It's like a 10-minute video. But um, they've had – Marco Fultz has been really busting it. He's been doing three-a-days. Like, been going really mm-hmm. early in the morning, then afternoon, and then switching gyms and all that. Like, they're really redoing his game. So, I really do I, – I really – because, I mean – before we made the trade, you know, I Celtics had the first-round pick, you know, I really was satisfied with getting Markel Fultz because that was before, you know, we made Isaiah Thomas and we traded him for Irving. So, I was like, you know, I'll take Fultz, you know, as a young kid with J- uh, Jalen Brown to take over after Avery Bradley and all that. So, you know, I always hoped for the best for the kids. The yips kind of thing in a basketball I've never really heard of. Heard of it definitely in baseball and uh and all that, but – it just, you know, I, I hope he can. Uh, one person that can definitely figure out and help his game is Hamlin. So, I, I, you know, I all the praise, you know, if he's getting that he's going to be a star. So I do see him being uh, a really good player. Um, I wouldn't rush him into the starting lineup even if he is killing it. Like you said, uh, OKC, I play him just as they did James Harden. I mean, James Harden for the first couple of years was coming off the bench and being – really good and a six-man. I give that to Fultz. Fultz is still very young and all that stuff. So I'd have him run my second unit. I mean, the person, if I would have to bench anyone, Covington, but I don't really want to bench Covington because it's really messing my thing. I'm not benching J.J. Reddick because my offense was terrible whenever he wasn't in there last year. I mean, they mm-hmm. really rely on Reddick to do a lot of big things. They don't have a lot of other shooters coming off the bench. Not saying Fultz can't be one of those shooters, but like we're saying, I mean, it's he, there's a reason he's doing three a days with a, one of, like a really good shooting coach and all that. So he's Yeah, and Reddick's uh, just one of the best
0: pick and pop guys in the league. Like,
1: yeah. far none. So I, I would just have Fultz just running my second unit. I think he'd be really good. He'd be, you know, for a first couple of years, you know, he's still very young. Reddick's still on a one year deal, you know. So I would have him run my second unit completely and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fultz, Fultz can do a lot of things this year because. I think he's got less pressure on him just because it's another year and there's a whole new set of crop of young talent that just got drafted that all has their eyes on them too. So both it's kind of like, you know, it's not going to be completely all eyes on him. What made him gave him the yips cause he was the first round pick Their Sixers really did a big trade and all that, put a lot into him. So, but you know, um, I, I think he did. Um, I know you said you were mad about him not playing in the summer league, but that was actually um, a strategic plan from what Drew said. Uh, they didn't yeah. want him. He said uh, that, you know, he since uh, you know he's working them out and they're on his plan, that they didn't want him to go in that pressure or anything more. Like, he's trying to redo this kid's career and all that. And, you know, he had really high praise for him where he – I think he said that it only took him a couple of days to really – learn a good fluid shot, which he thought it'd take a lot longer, like a couple of weeks and all that. So they're always in the head. So, you know, I, I want to see kids succeed. I don't want to see them, you know, down. So I do want to see folks do better. And I think it, it is a big thing that drew is saying high words about him because, you know, he's put that time into his craft and I hope it, it shows and I hope he doesn't get the yips again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joel has finally called in and is joining us. What's up, Joel?
2: What's up, fellas?
0: Oh, nothing much, man. We're just shooting the shit on some NBA, you know, like we do. Um, Word. So let me, pa- let me pass it to you before uh, I chime in. So uh, legendary shooting coach Drew Hamlin um, has worked with Fultz, Marco Fultz, this off season. He says he thinks he's a star in the making uh, and – you know, which is, you know, really, really good, a good sign. And obviously, you know, the the Sixers, you know, from all reported accounts, were not willing to include Markel Fultz in a Kawhi winner trade, which kind of, to me, speaks to the fact that they know more than we know about the Markel Fultz situation, which has been tight-lipped from the beginning. Um, but uh, my question is, like, where do you, like, how how good do you think Fultz can improve this season if he's just healthy, you know, doesn't have his, his shoulder, uh, you know, bothering him and his shot has been worked on with Drew Hamlin. And and how would you, like, if Fultz really comes on this year and is just, like, balling out, like, how would you, if you're Brett Brown, like, construct this lineup, do you, you know, obviously, Ben Simmons has this versatility. You can put him at the four, like, defensively. It anywhere as low as the four. You could probably put him at the five, honestly. I mean, obviously, you don't need to do that because you've got to beat. But, um, but you I mean, he could be, like, a point forward. And then, you know, bolts can be, you know, essentially what T.J. McConnell was, you know, last season when when Simmons was struggling. They they plugged in T.J. McConnell and played the two of them side by side. Like, Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a way that they can construct the lineup and get Fultz into the starting lineup. Obviously, Fultz can also play the two um, if you wanted him to. There's a lot of different ways you can construct a starting lineup for this team. Um, so what do you expect from Fultz this year? And, and you know, if he is very successful and, and fulfills the star potential that Hamlin sees in him, like how, how would you go about kind of constructing the starting five?
2: Well, I have a lot of faith in Markel Fultz. Like, I, I still think that there's a lot there. I think last year was, it was just one of those hiccups. I hate to see a guy, like, fail, first of all. I hate to see bus actually, like, happen. Like, what happened with Anthony Bennett, like, I really wanted him to succeed. I really didn't want him to become a bus. He just became one. Uh, I don't want to see that happen to Markel Fultz. I don't think last year, I thought last year was one of those, like, Weird things like honestly, first pick in the draft has to go through some type of reconstruction of his shot. That's a red flag to me, but I still I know he can play. I've seen I've seen it. I, I know he's still got skills. It's just a matter of getting him minutes. I don't think you put him in the starting line just yet. I think the starting five is fine the way it is right now. I had to let him come off the bench with um TJ McConnell, so he don't have to all the pressure of handling the ball off the bench. You have TJ there. And, of course, Markel can handle some of that responsibility, too. He can play both positions. That works out great for the Sixers as a backup to, uh, two-way guard, you know, uh, one-two one, two type combo guard. Um, yeah. Because I think the Sixers issue is really depth. And then you have now Wilson Chan and Markel Fultz, CJ McConnell. Uh, I can't even think of what the bigs they have. Uh, Mike Mascala. <laughs> All right, they got Mike Mascala. I don't know what he'll be playing, 4-5 or five. uh it,
0: yeah,
2: four, Both. four and five, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that's really where the biggest issue is. It's really the the where and what. and I think Fultz will be just fine. It's just a matter of getting him the, the time. He just needs the minutes. I've We've seen him do it. I think he can do it. Will he be an all-star? I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I, with the first pick, he better be a fucking all-star. I'll say that. <laughs> at, but
0: at some point, yeah.
2: Should, <laughs> right, right. But he should at least be better than he was last year.
0: Yes, uh, very much so, and like Luke knows this, uh, you know this, Joel. I picked him for my most improved player because I think he's really mm. like, and, and it was really about like the the buzz for Fultz has been kind of rising the past like month or so, and like when this Hamlin interview came out, I was like, oh damn, we definitely got to talk about this because like this is like really cementing what I've what I've been like, you know, saying. And, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. I I actually think if if he and not at the start of the season obviously, but like if he transitions um and really, really like seems like he's you know, the that piece of the big three, if you will, for them. Like, I say go ahead and put him in the starting lineup, man. Like if he's if he's like progressing and just balling out off the bench like throughout the first half of the season. Like play around with it. Like at least do it in the regular season before you hit the playoffs to see what you have. Like right. I would love, I would love to see like a starting lineup of Fultz at the one, Reddick at the two, Covington at the three. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, Simmons at the three. Sarich at the four, and then um, and then Embiid at the five, and then you yeah, can I like that. mix. I like that. You can mix. Yeah, you can mix in Covington, um, and you can still have like Ben and and Markell like play together and and work off each other and and play on ball and off ball and everything else. Um, feed I, Ben in the I post a the little future. bit. Yeah, I think that's the for them. I do too. I really do, and like. And and I think too it'll it'll be interesting to see like a like a bench unit. Because um, if you're if you have full start, then you know, your backup point guard then becomes T J McConnell. So you like you still get him some minutes. Um let's see what, what uh Furk on Corkmaz uh can, can do. Um he looked really good mm-hmm. in the summer league. Um dude dude has yeah. a a, a stroke dude he he can drain threes so like yep. I really am interested to see what he can do and then if you got you know that kind of veteran leadership of both Covington and Wilson Chandler who are both very versatile and then Mike Mascala at your at your five and, and that's kind of your bench unit like and, and I'm I'm not including Amir Johnson because I just I think Amir Johnson is only there <laughs> because he's a locker him. room guy man he pissed me off so much. I did not understand why they played him so many minutes in the playoffs last year. I was like, dude, they either like go him, with man. your, yeah, but I, I I don't dislike him. I'm just saying, like, he was not helpful to your squad when he was on the floor. <laughs> like,
2: like
0: either go with that. Uh, what do they call it? The 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 um, United Nations lineup or whatever is what they, oh, they had. Yeah, yeah that, uh, I know what they call it. that. I don't Either go with that. Yeah, um, uh, either go with that or or go with uh, go go with Rashawn Holmes last year. Like I was, uh, that, I and I I'm I'm kind of bummed that Holmes got uh got dealt. Like um I I think yeah. he'll he'll give uh I think he like has to Phoenix. I like him too, man. I think I, I think he's remember. a solid player. He played really well, um, not last season, but the year before when Embiid went out and he only played 31 games, and they brought him in because 4 couldn't do shit. Like, and they were like, fuck it, we're just well, going to start Rashawn Holmes. That's another guy. Like, I'm like, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he he did get signed. Um, We're not going to cover did. it tonight because we don't have time. But but he did get signed, what, to the Pelicans?
2: Yes. Normally. Who was it? Yeah. Was it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Normal. Yeah. So, so they got him and Omeka are playing together now.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got dual Okafor's. I like it. Like, They're cousins. Uh, the, I just thought they were cousins. What? I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes yeah, sense with the name like Opel. For that's, that's the last not. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not common. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but no, but no. I I really do. I I think. Um, I think that, like you said, Joel, that's that's kind of their lineup of the future. Maybe they don't get to it this year, um, but I think go ahead and not start playing around to with it. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and start toying around with it. It folds his, if if he's showing that kind of potential, you know, um, because like, like mm-hmm. I said, like Ben Simmons just being so versatile, like as, as long as Fultz can hit threes, like, yeah, play them together, man. Like, because that's the thing, last year, like, I don't think they, they played a single possession on, on the court in the playoffs together. Like, they, they played some a little bit together at the tail end of the regular season when Fultz first came back. But like in, in, in Fultz's limited playoff minutes before they just switched over to McConnell, like he never played with Simmons because neither one could shoot. So like it was like fuck like we can't play both of these guys, neither one can shoot. So I I think if, if Fultz has a reliable jump shot, like and he, he showed aspects of it, like of the mid range last at the tail end of last season, but if he if he can back that out to the three point line like he did in college, like and and you can rock with you know three guys who can shoot the three really well, and then Embiid who can you know shoot what thirty five percent you know a reasonable amount, especially for a center. Like that's enough shooting just to surround Simmons with, and and that'll be really interesting. So, um, but yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm really looking forward to when uh, Jimmy Butler signs with them next season, and then you got Fultz, Butler, uh, Simmons, Sarge, and Embiid. Like, oh, that would be so fucking awesome. Plus, uh, again, I'll say it. I think I've said it like twice on the show. Um, The the social media presence of Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid on the same team, but shit, uh, that would be (laughs) worth it in and of itself. Uh, But anyway, let's (laughs) move on to our main topic. For the night, uh, it's what I entitled the show After, of Craniums and Crowns. After King James criticized President Trump for using sports to divide the nation, Trump fired back with a tweet insulting LeBron's intelligence uh, and weighed in on the GOAT talk, ending in his tweet with, I like Mike. Um, Essentially, to break it down, for those of you who don't know, uh, if you're living under a rock, uh, basically, you know, LeBron kind of did an interview recently and, and, you know, said that he thought Trump was dividing the nation uh, via sports with his constant banter on the NFL um, flag protests. Um, and, and I shouldn't even call them that. It's falling into the fucking narrative. They're not flag protests. <laughs> they're they're protesting uh, unarmed black people being killed by police officers. That's what they're protesting. They just so happen yeah. right to be doing it during the national anthem. Um, but anyway, they change
2: the narrative.
0: Yeah, they and and they even get me to fucking like kind of fuck up and say it. it you know. To fit the narrative of what they say, but anyway, um, so of course, you know, like LeBron knew, like of course, Trump was going to catch wind of this and fire back and what have you, and you know that was that was somewhat to be expected. I mean, Trump's not going to take a perceived insult without he's not going to take it lying down. That's not we all know at this point that is not his personality. No matter what's presidential or what you should or shouldn't do, like, that motherfucker is not going to, like, stand for it, you know? Um... No. So, you know, he fired back and said some stupid shit on Twitter, uh, because that's what he does. And, you know, I... Like, like I said, I totally expected it, but it does... It does seem... It's, it, it's funny to me because two things. One... Uh, Mike, Michael Jordan came out uh, because of his mention in the tweet and said, you know, he didn't didn't weigh in on politics because that's not what Michael Jordan does. Um, but he did say that he um, really thinks what LeBron James is doing is great and he's fully supportive of it. And Donald Trump's fucking wife Melania uh, has come out and, and thrown her support behind what LeBron James is doing, which I think is <laughs> the best like that is the best fucking uh like uh, uh pun intended trump card for uh for LeBron James <laughs> is like which which is to me bar none the the um the, the funniest that uh, LeBron's got this one here but the funniest one uh uh with pertaining to Melania was when, uh, I think she and Obama were at some kind of funeral that Trump didn't attend. And like, they, they caught it on film and Obama's just being so like suave and charming. And she's just like fucking like cracking up and like, like laughing and everything. And it's like, she's so fucking stoic around him. Like, Oh, that probably just got really under skin. But anyway, let's, let's rein it back in. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on uh on this uh continued cuz this is not like this is this probably the third instance of of kind of the, the Trump uh versus uh LeBron talks but Joao what are your thoughts on uh the latest um thing obviously i'm going to i'm going to assume it doesn't surprise you but uh as far as you know both MJ and and Milani kind of siding, seemingly siding with LeBron uh, and the fact that like Trump would, you know, make this about, uh, it's, you know, it, it, what this is really about is helping underprivileged children. At, but it's still got to be turned around and you know be about him. But anyway, just your your, your thoughts in general and all of that.
2: Um. Yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, if, if you know anything about our president current, currently, um. Nothing is that surprising. He speaks out of his ass on Twitter. So it's like, <laughs>
1: yeah, he does. I,
2: I don't, I, he really does. And it's like, I, I don't know, like, I have not. Mu- I don't have much to say about it because this is really just more of the same. Uh, he doesn't, so I swear this guy, this man doesn't really think before he talks or writes shit down. And this, that's the best time to do it because you write stuff down, you have to think about what you got to say, and then you post it. And I swear he doesn't. Really think about it all the way. He doesn't care because you know what? He doesn't really care about the consequences of what he says. He's not ab- about. He's not about uniting, and that's the problem. He is all about dividing, because that's how he's he is where he is. Um, and that it's, it's you know been going very to LeBron,
0: successful for him.
2: Exactly. So that's why he's he's going to keep doing that. Uh, right. It's not the right way to go about it, especially as a leader of a country. That's not the way you. Uh, uh, do business not the right way at least uh but it's working uh, at the moment for him so we'll see how long that's gonna last but that's right. that's another topic altogether but going after lebron for no reason because it's like aside from him having an issue with really don lemon and, and then uh not taking a shot lebron on top of that uh, he went after both guys because you know he had i mean we needed to hear from the president on that that whole thing um that was not the best. I, I I didn't see a lot of people defending Trump in the, in that regard. I saw a lot of negativity towards him, and I mean, again, I, I don't really see a lot of his his side of things. So maybe it's just because I see it from a, from the whole other side. But I didn't see a lot of positive uh, towards him, and obviously his his own wife came up and defended LeBron James. So it doesn't really, it's not a really good
0: look. <laughs> What's the best part?
2: And then you have MJ. Uh, MJ doesn't do politics, as like you said, but he came out and also supported LeBron. And that's that's hey, that's a lot for MJ. He doesn't come out and do that for anybody, you know. <laughs> for for most yeah. people, and it, it wasn't really him
0: was publicly. Like much less the guy who <laughs> is, you know, the the only person who the mainstream argues about who's who's the greatest, you know. Yeah, with him, right? You know,
2: right? Exactly his rival uh, in, in the sport of basketball at this point is, is arguably LeBron James. So it's like, right. um, in terms of like, yeah, not actually on the court. Like, that would have been cool, but no. Um, but I, I do like I, I do believe that his tweet saying, I like Mike, I'm just going to hope he actually meant I like Mike and Ike and not actually Michael Jordan. So
0: I'm just going <laughs> to
2: pretend that's what he meant. <laughs> and that's really all um, I have to say about it. It's kind of, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's... Uh... It it it's comedic. It's nothing else. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on this whole um, fucking clusterfuck of convoluted calamity? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it,
1: it 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 was no surprise. Just the the feedback that Trump was going to get. I mean, like you guys said, you could expect it. But I mean, it's just it's surprising that people keep on doing this. I mean, LeBron is uh, like. He's just not a basketball player. I don't think, like, that's what they get. He's more than a basketball player. This guy came from literally nothing, didn't have a dad from the beginning when he was 16, put on Sports Illustrated to be, like, the next best thing. I mean, everything that was meant to, like, get in, like, like, someone's path to, like, not be successful and all that, it never happened to him. I mean, he's been married to the same person since he was in, like, high school. LeBron's a very, very – like, smart and intellectual person. He's just not a basketball player. I mean, I think his next big step is, I've heard a lot of comparison, like, he wants to be the Muhammad Ali of our generation. Like, he wants to be, yeah. a, like, that person. And and not a lot of people understand him. They don't take him serious. I mean, there's uh, Laura Ingram last year that just told him to shut up in a Dribble. I mean,
0: dribble.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, come on. Like, that's the most arrogant thing you could ever say. Like, that, that even was even more than what, like, Trump's response. uh, Like, they just don't understand uh, what they're doing. I mean, LeBron's like, it's been in the works what he's been doing, but I mean, he has a special coming out on HBO where he's going to be talking like a lot of politics. So, we're going to be seeing that side of LeBron. Um, Showtime actually has a three part documentary called Shut Up and Dribble. That's going to be mm-hmm. out with LeBron. I mean, he's making all this stuff. That's what they don't understand. Like, it's been in the works, and LeBron's Thank always been in It's not like he just doesn't like pop in and out. Like, he's always been into like politics and all that, and like definitely spoke his mind. So I don't, I don't like understand why, like, people just don't understand. Like, athletes are more than athletes. They're just, they're not jocks. Like, he's a very smart person. I mean, if you look at his life and what he's done, you'd want a lot of people to mimic that. I mean, he, I mean, he's a model, like, he is, like, what you inspire to be, like, everything he's done. I mean, you've never seen LeBron's name in anything bad. Like, I, like right. you just, you can't think, and it's just, like, that's what just baffles me, just all this stuff in me, because LeBron is more than a basketball player, and I think they're going to really, like, everyone will realize soon that, you know, he's, it's just, it's more than just what they, like, they think of just him just being some athlete.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, he's a philanthropist. That's what he is or if you're Charlie Day, a full-on rapist. Um but uh that's a it's always sunny joke. Um uh, just to, to get myself at the clear there. Um but yeah, I mean he he is. I mean, that's that's and what he strives to be. And that's exactly what um you know, uh I think in in the, in the realm of basketball, uh, you know, to The guy that he reminds me most of in that realm is definitely Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But to an even greater extent, just in the realm of sports, I think Ali is definitely up there as far as when you look back and remember um, people who are at the top of their sports having an impact on society, I think LeBron will be in in the same kind of hemisphere as, as those two guys and Jackie Robinson um, obviously breaking the color barrier in basketball uh, I'm sorry in baseball um, but like I, I think that ultimately um, is a big part of LeBron's legacy and yeah I mean I absolutely agree with you Luke like he, he's more than just a basketball player um, really quick before we move on I um, I did hear a, an interesting sort of take on this um, on some talk show. I can't remember what. Um, but essentially what the the radio show host said was, hey, I, I understand why people don't want to hear politics out of basketball players. I mean, it is kind of bullshit because, you know, you can hear – Um, like everybody has, at least has an opinion on politics. Now, whether they vote or whether they really care about politics, like they, they all have political opinions and, and most people talk about them. Like most people, um, if you, if, if if you know them, they talk about them. Um, so it's, it's weird that it's kind of so, so taboo for athletes not to be able to talk about these things. Um, but uh the analogy that the uh the DJ used was, you know, I, I might really love Tom Cruise and, and love going to see Tom Cruise movies, but I don't want to hear him talk to me about Scientology. Um which I think is interesting. Um it's it's they're not they are apples and oranges, but at the same time do you see that point and it, it kinda stuck out to me as why like athletes or or, or musicians, artists, like you run a risk when you when you venture into the realm of politics. And that was well I, I really think one of the big reasons Michael Jordan never did it. Like uh especially in the nineties sure. when you know things were um probably not as easy to to you know have a side um in some respects. He had and, it mind on a lot of other things. Mostly games <laughs> yeah, yeah that that's yeah that's that's true. Um and cigars, and you know, pulling around with his wife, but um still, you know, fucking as far as basketball, though, uh fucking mm-hmm. well, we'll get to that um but uh but yeah, so like it's it's crazy, like that you know artists and athletes and everything else, like they do get so much flack. Um, for their political opinions, when you know it's just it's just some dude talking, just somebody like saying, and I get like, yeah, I don't want to hear Tom Cruise talk about Scientology either. Like, I just want to go watch Mission Impossible and you know, fucking tune out for two hours. Like, you know, I get that, but it doesn't bother me that that and this is what I'm getting at is the difference. It doesn't bother me that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. Like I, I mean I think I think Scientology is fucking weird and I don't fucking get it. but it, like it doesn't sure. bother me. And like it's so weird to me that like there are so many people who are just bothered by people's political views. Like I, like I'm not like a huge Ted Nugent fan. He's not like my brand of, of music per se. But, like, I like the song Cat Scratch Fever. It's a good song. Like, like, I don't, like, if that song comes on the radio, I don't turn it because I'm like, fuck Ted Nugent and fuck his political beliefs. I don't know why people get so invested in other people's political beliefs and have to, like, if they don't believe the same way you believe politically, then you can't like them. Like, it's just stupid to me. I don't know. I just don't get it. But, I mean, that's kind of the world we live in, I guess. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. we got about 25 minutes to cover a few more topics. Um, <clears throat> speaking of GOAT talks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar recently stated that in his opinion, there's no such thing as the GOAT because every player played in different eras, under different circumstances, with different roles and different players around them and all that jazz. Um, I have been saying this for a long time. I if you ask me who is the greatest of all time, I will say Michael Jordan. But I really, like deep down, don't think that there's a the greatest of all time. We, we, we talked about our Mount Rushmore of players. Mine was Bill Russell, Kareem, uh, Michael, and LeBron, because those are the four players that were just dominant in their respective eras. Uh, you can make an argument for Will Chamberlain, but his kryptonite was Bill Russell. Kareem was undoubtedly the greatest player in the 70s, and carried over a little bit into the early 80s. And and then, you know, as far as like Magic and Bird, like they, you know, they were kind of back and forth. Like, but they, like, neither one of them was utterly dominant, um, and and just considered like, oh, this is like, there was always an argument there, like. There's not really an. There was never an argument for MJ, and there's not really a viable argument against LeBron. Like, yes, you can say you can make an argument for Kevin Durant, I guess, but it, it's a flimsy argument at best. Um, so flimsy I, I like this. What's that?
2: It's <laughs> flimsy indeed.
0: Yes, very much so. Uh, you know, or or maybe maybe the better word to describe it would be soft. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, I like this. I like that Kareem came out and said this. I know a lot of people uh, have kind of said like, oh, well, he's kind of doing what Kobe did like a couple weeks ago. He's like keeping himself in the conversation as far as, you know, this is concerned and and yada, yada, yada. Like I don't actually really see it that way. I think this is just genu- genuinely what he thinks. Like he looks at it and he's like, you know, like maybe maybe LeBron is better than MJ and me, or maybe maybe not. Like who the fuck knows? Because there's so many variables that that make it to where you can't compare these things. And you know, I agree with him. I I think it, that's why I like the term GOAT, G O T E, Greatest of the Era, and. Uh, LeBron is obviously that. MJ was that. Kareem was that, and Bill Russell was that. And that is, to me, um, you know, I, I, I think that's a more realistic I- interpretation of of goat talk than greatest of all time. Um, but nevertheless, it's always fun to have the debate. You know, if you had to pick one, who would you pick? Um, And, of course, for me, it's MJ. I think, Luke, for you, it's LeBron. Um, Joel, I I think for you it's MJ, but I'm not positive on that. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but nevertheless, like, what what are your thoughts, uh, Joel, on on Kareem's statement, and do you ultimately agree with him?
2: Yes, I ultimately uh, agree with him. Uh, I I also agree that it's hard to make that debate, oh, he's the greatest of all time, yeah. Yeah, you can say that. Uh Michael Jordan will always be uh, considered the greatest of all time because he sur- he surpassed what it was to be just a player. And LeBron is on the same uh rocket ship. <laughs> like he's on the- he's doing <laughs> the same thing. He's elevated he's elevated himself beyond the player. I think that's why they're a thought of h- higher than just a a player. Um I think LeBron uh, They are a brand. Exactly. They they they've surpassed that. Michael Jordan is a brand. He's not the logo of the NBA, but you recognize Jordan's logo. Right. Like you can't do that for anybody else. Michael Jordan right. has a logo. The Air Jordan logo is recognizable everywhere. Jordan right. is a brand. LeBron is on his way to becoming a brand. He still is not he doesn't have a to me he doesn't have a recognizable logo just yet. Not like Jordan. Um but he is becoming something more than what he, than, than just a player. But like 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 Queen was saying, or you were just saying, I do believe it's more of the greatest of the era. Uh, there's just different eras, and there's just the best of that time. Like I don't jump from Jordan to LeBron. I do say Kobe was the greatest for that small era between Jordan and LeBron. And even during LeBron's early years, I still think Kobe was over him until a couple of years ago, when obviously Kobe was just falling off. And LeBron was just the man, and he's still the man to this day, even at the age of, what, 30, 34, 33, something like that?
0: Yeah,
2: so right. so I think – and LeBron hasn't been surpassed just yet. Uh, whatever they're doing with the Warriors is very nice for Golden State. They're, like, uh, good for Oakland, good for the players in Oakland, but no one player has surpassed him just yet. Not in my in my opinion, not just yet. Kevin Durant is the second-best player in the league, but it's, uh, he, <laughs> he might just stay there. For a long time, I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Um, as of right now, LeBron is the current uh, champion. He's the current uh, greatest of this era. Uh, Kobe before uh, before him, Jordan before him, and uh, uh, Magic and Bird before them. You know, all that. So uh, it's just that I agree. I agree with Cream uh, in that respect. It's just a matter of it's hard. To, it's hard to decipher. The '90s is not today's basketball. It really isn't, and it, you, you know that if you watch it. So it, it it really is hard to make that that uh, to, to match it up that way.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, throwing shade at Shaq, you ain't, you ain't giving Shaq any love. Oh,
2: Shaq, Shaq and Kobe, how about that?
0: <laughs> okay, that's cool. Like I'm I'm down with that because uh, yeah, they're they're kind of that one-two punch. Um, yeah. Luke, I what are you think?
2: I won't disrespect.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I agree completely with Kareem. I mean, it's just really hard to compare, like, the greatest of, like, all time, just because, like, okay. enhancements in, like, media and everything. Like, you got different mm-hmm. times. I mean, there, you got Bill Russell and all them that were playing off of sometimes their games probably weren't even televised, or they're, like, recorded and then uh, then played. So there was all that. And then even in Kareem's, like, early days, there was the same thing with him. So it's just, like, the difference in media, it's just, like, it's really hard. Like, there was no making, like, there was no brand, like, really that you could make. Like, you couldn't do exactly what Jordan did. Like, he was in the perfect generation of, like, we're starting to make this step. Here's Nike that's, like, a, a, like a new hip-like thing. Like, we're going to, like, take it to the new level and, like, all that. So, it's just, if things just happen, it's, it's really hard. I, I like to more compare, like, the best players at position-wise because that makes more sense. But sure. I mean, then LeBron gets into like what position he is. He's almost like a a magic and all that. Just but like that that is more makes more sense if you want to get into like numbers and all that. But it's just it's like he said like yeah I'm I'm a LeBron fan just because like he, what he's done and all that like just you know nine straight finals he's lost a lot still but I mean and no one else has done that since like the the only other people that have done that are the Celtics teams when they won all those ones but I mean. Those games were televised yeah. unless you're a Boston fan. You weren't really caring about that. I mean, writers weren't writing about it and all that, so you didn't really care. So it's just it's, it's hard to, uh, like, compare. I mean, Cream just makes complete sense. I mean, this man is the points leader right now. It's really hard. I don't think – I mean, LeBron might have a chance catching him, but I don't think anyone's going to catch him for a while. And, like, you just skip over him as, like, like people just skip over him cuz like you know a lot of us and like like we're young so we didn't get to like really see him and all that and mm-hmm. just like media and all that wasn't advanced so like you really didn't like have that much talking into like about him and, and all that by the time it came into play that's magic and larry rocking the 80s so that was like the whole thing i mean he was still playing but i mean it's just it's just really hard to like really compare so i agree completely with them there's just it's it's uh, during your time, who are you the best? Just like I said, I mean, I thought, like, I agree with you guys. I mean, a huge Paul Pierce, uh, Paul Pierce fan, but, I mean, during those, like, early, early 2000s and all that, that was – I mean, when Shaq was, like, on his way out, that was Kobe. Kobe was the all-basketball. I mean, scored 86 points. The team was terrible. I mean, it's just, you know, he was the best player of that <laughs> yeah. time right there. Yes, sir. Like, he was just doing – he was just doing things. So, I just – I agree. Like, you just – I I like the – like like I'm saying, just the comparison of positional wise, like who's the best at this position, that that's
0: the better mm-hmm. ar- argument. Yeah, I I ultimately agree. Um, really quick before we move on, uh, greatest uh, of each position. Uh, I'm gonna go first. I'll be quick. Uh, point guard Magic Johnson, shooting guard Michael Jordan, small forward LeBron James, power forward uh, Tim Duncan, center. Uh, Kareem, Joel, go.
2: I mean, that's very hard to argue with that lineup. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to say ditto for now until I can actually think about <laughs> it. Respect. <office real> <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right,
0: Luke. Um,
1: it's just really hard. I mean, to think you, I mean I want to go with a lot, but I'm going to go with Iverson at point guard, uh, wow. Michael at <laughs> shooting guard, uh, Bird oh, at uh, small forward. Uh, our i Ford is really hard right now, but I want to go with Tim Duncan. <laughs> I mean, you got to go with Mr. Fundamentals, and then center. I'm going to go with Bill Russell.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, I'd um, argue that. Yeah. I, yeah, although, like, I mean, I would argue that, that Allen Iverson was a shooting guard, and Eric Snow was a point guard. Yeah, um, I would also and, Yeah. <laughs> no Brown? I, I mean, nah. I, no. I Noah mean,
1: Brown. Your oh, major LeBron? for LeBron I, I mean, is just like so so I powerful. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just a uh, uh, I like I don't know what LeBron is right now. What is he like? Can we throw a point forward position? I mean, he, kind he's of a like po- that. He's a small forward. He, you know, he's he's not really I a would forward. call him a small he's forward. A, not really yeah. a power forward, but he he does a lot. Like I don't know, just he does it Ray all. Larry Bird was a true small forward and I mean, he, 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 was the man. he was the man dude, <laughs> he, he, dude i, will, he I will say
0: this he passed i will say weather. this if i was building if i was building a perfect team i would probably as crazy as it sounds i would probably rather have bird than um than lebron uh only not because uh, i mean lebron is greater than bird like no doubt uh in my mind about that um like a better overall player, yada yada yada. But like Bird's like intangibles in the way he could fit with a team. Like it is just so much easier of a of a fit with mm-hmm. any amount Bird, of other guys than LeBron. Like Bird would be a, a so stretch like,
2: for this this A Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck amazing.
0: yeah, he would be, no doubt, <laughs> and he would be fucking amazing. Uh, the, Bird, like, but like Bird. Bird, like the thing about Bird is it. just he. It, it, his passing, man, like he's so fucking underrated. Like, just go go watch a highlight reel of like Larry Bird passes. Like, it's fucking great. Uh, but anyway, let's move on real quick. We got about ten minutes left. So Kobe uh, caught some criticism for training with Jason Tatum over the summer. We've all seen the memes. We love all the memes. Keep bringing the memes. Um, but uh LeVar Ball chimed in because course he fucking did um and he said that uh Kobe didn't want to work with Lonzo because Lonzo idolized LeBron growing up not Kobe um first of all um like but I'm fine I mean maybe uh I, I, I doubt it I doubt that was really the reason why um but Jason Tatum has been on the record saying that he idolized Kobe Bryant growing up um so that probably does have a lot to do with why Kobe is working with Tatum. Um also just Tatum's play last year. Um but I'm going to say this. Like Kobe catching any amount of flack for working like training and working out with Jason Tatum this off season is fucking bullshit. Kobe is not a fucking member of the L.A. Lakers anymore. He can work with whoever the hell he wants to work with. And if he wants to work with Jason Tatum, the man can go work with, work out with Jason Tatum. Like, there, like, there's a reason that Kobe Bryant didn't want to take a position with the Lakers. Like, he didn't want to be, like, tied to that organization and not have flexibility to, like, just be his own person. And, you know, he has said on the record... That, you know, if Magic or Luke or any of those guys, Rob, Polinka, they like, hit him up and they want him, you know, to, to come participate in some way, like he would be open to it. He just doesn't want to work for them. Um, he doesn't want to be an employee of the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with him wanting the flexibility to if he wants to go work out with Jason Tatum and try to, like, help Jason Tatum, like, grow his game and let Tatum pick his brain a little bit and, and, you know, pass on things that he thinks could help a a guy um, who he just, like, clicks with, you know? Like, it doesn't matter that he's on the Boston Celtics. Like, I get it from a rivalry perspective. Um, But nevertheless, like, still, I mean, it's just, it's a situation where Kobe likes the kid. Kobe wants to work with the kid, like, fuck it. Let Kobe work with the kid. And you know what? Like, Lonzo's got his idol on the fucking team. So, you know, LeBron Lebron can work with Lonzo. And you know what? If Kobe was going to work with anybody on the Lakers, it wouldn't be fucking Lonzo. It would be Kuzma. Uh, so mm-hmm. LeBron can shut the fuck up. Uh, anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts on this? No,
2: you, uh, you uh, echo a lot of my sentiments. Well, uh, Honestly, uh, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. I can't tell you how many guys of ours trained with uh, Hakeem on, and I was totally fine with that happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I have to Like every sinner who's
0: ever shown potential.
2: <laughs> exactly. And he's, and he was just not going to tell him no, he doesn't really work for them. He technically could do whatever he wants. He has his own camp. Amari looked amazing after working out with uh, Hakeem. He looked like a different man. He couldn't jump yeah. as high. He wasn't as athletic. He looked like a great post He's a good post player after the fact. He just still couldn't yep. stay healthy, but he transformed his game. He definitely was a good post player after working out with a key. So I'm open to the grace of other teams training others in their same position or similar positions or guys that just want to learn from them. Um, Alonzo isn't really a shooting guard. <laughs> He's a point guard technically, right? He's not a scorer. He doesn't play the same way. He's not. He's
0: not. Like never my position. Like Like, he's just not a scorer, and Jason (laughs) Tatum is.
2: Right, exactly. Uh, So it is different. It's different. And look, like you said, LeBron was his idol. LeBron's now on his team. He could learn from his idol. Honest, that has to be great feeling that the guy you looked up to growing up is now on your team. You guys can play together, learn from him. Kobe the Mamba could train whoever the fuck he wanted, like he did with Kyrie and others. You know, before Jason Tatum. So it's like. The scorers want to go learn from one of the best scores of all time. Then let him, let him. Yeah, let him do what he wants. Like probably one of the smartest guys out there in terms of basketball. So it's like you're like that's an asset right there. And I understand why he wouldn't want to just limit himself to just the Lakers. And but I understand why the Lakers would just want him working for the Lakers. So I get it from both sides. But yeah, do whatever he wants, train whoever he wants. I'm not bitter about anything.
0: Yep. I feel exactly the same way. Now, if this was, you know, Herschel Walker training at University of Florida um, running back, I would feel very differently about that. So I do understand <laughs> uh, in some respects uh, how fans can be a little bitter. Um, but to me it's just different. Like professional sports is just different. You know, like um, there's – it. it, 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 it but collegiate football is just it's it, it's a whole different spectrum. Like that's that's going over the line, you know. Like, but you know, in in professional sports, like Johnny Damon can fucking choose to go from the Red Sox to the Yankees. Like, it, you know, it's it's not really that big of a deal. Just the same as Kobe Bryant right, can train somebody on the Boston Celtics. <laughs> like, that's just the way it is, man. Um, you know, you're gonna go where you're wanted, where you're gonna get paid uh where you're gonna think where you think you're gonna make the most impact and maybe that's what it is maybe he sees something Mm -hmm. in Tatum where he's like I think I can like reach this kid you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah uh but Luke what are your thoughts no I mean I just wish LeVar would
1: just separate himself from Lonzo that I mean I I mean Lonzo shouldn't be in this category I mean it's like you guys said it's two completely different things. I mean, they're way different players. I mean, Kobe was a go-to scorer, like, killer, and that's what Jason Tatum is. Like, if you, like, listen to that whole Drew Hanlon, like, uh, interview, he talks about, like, they've been mimicking all of Kobe's moves since, like, Jason was very young, like, practicing all. They have this crazy video. You look and they do side-by-side, and it's like, Kobe's moves, Jason's doing them. So it's just like... He's, like, it makes sense and all that. So, like, Levar just should have never got involved with this. I just feel bad that Londa just has to have this terrible dad in this. I mean, they play for, yeah, (laughs) the same team and all that and all that. But Kobe Kobe can do whatever he wants. He can train whoever he wants. I mean, in the end, I mean, he did a short on Kobe. I mean, he did one of his, like, He's special, so, I mean, I don't know. We didn't get any gripe there from LeVar, like, right then. But I just think it made sense for Jason to train with him. I mean, he's idolized Kobe. Kobe's retired, doing whatever he wants. He already kind of talked about Jason's game. He gave him some great pointers about watching Rip Hamilton tape because he could learn a lot from that. So, I mean, so Kobe can just tell him, like, some really smart things. So, Lavar just shouldn't have stepped in this because it made no sense for him to just intrude.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I, I do agree with you. I I don't think he's a bad father. <laughs> I think he just kind of um, maybe you know opens his mouth too much all of the time. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, like, he's a personality. Um, he's also trying to sell a brand. Um, but yeah, as far as in, in this particular example, there wasn't really a need. To bring Lonzo into it, but you know, somebody—I'm sure, I'm sure—that like the basis, basis of this happening was some reporter asking Levar, "Hey, why is Kobe training with Tatum and not Lonzo?" And you know, that was his response. You know, um, I don't know that to be exactly true, but I, I could definitely see that scenario because um, Levar Ball um, is going to say whatever's on his mind. Uh, side note, uh, when, when Trump, uh, eventually is not president anymore, I definitely think we should have a LeVar Ball, Donald Trump, uh, like debate show, um, just fucking put those two in a room and let them fucking go at it. Like that would be, uh, primetime television at its finest. Um, but, uh, anyway, fellas. Another great show. Uh, it's our 75th show, our diamond show, our diamond anniversary show. Um, 75 episodes uh, we've done now. Uh, so we're three-quarters of the way to 100, um, which we should get to before you know it, honestly. As, as, as many as of these as we kick out. Uh but anyway, uh Joel, thanks for uh calling in uh and joining us sure. for the second half of the show. It was fucking awesome having you, man. Thank you. Indeed, sir. And Luke, uh thank you as always for your uh your contributions. Uh also great to have you, sir. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Peace out, y'all. All right, take it easy, man. Uh, hey, Joelle. We got like, do you know anything coming down the pipes? Because uh, Joan normally does this segment, but like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck y'all got going on. <laughs> uh,
2: nothing different. Uh, our show Sunday. Uh, I don't, I don't know if what we picked the time yet, <laughs> um, but we do have a show on Sunday. Keep eyes live. and that's about it for the rest of the week. Uh, yeah, because there's, we yeah, yeah, there's a show tomorrow, tomorrow night we have a show Saturday sure. top 10 show Uh, uh Leo runs that the top 10 show Saturday but I don't know about Friday I don't know I don't remember <laughs>
0: Geeks Against the Grain Star Wars exactly. The Last Jedi uh, will be long? tomorrow night at uh, 10 o'clock wow that's a late one <laughs> um yeah but uh <laughs> For real. yeah I don't know if I'm gonna make that one but I'm definitely gonna catch it uh Saturday uh but, yeah, so be sure to check that out. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, hey. A lot of people hate <laughs> The Last Jedi. A lot of people like me yeah. love The Last Jedi. So uh, it'll be a lot it. of fun. Thank you, Joel. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun debate. And as Joel said, Geek Vibes live sometime on Sunday. So keep, keep your ear out for that. And then we'll be back mm-hmm. next Monday around 8 o'clock. And... Until then, peace.
2: Peace.